Alex Stamos. He is a um, computer scientist and adjunct professor at Stanford University, where he is at the International Security uh, and Cooperation Center. Uh, He also was the chief security officer at Facebook. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, He also helped the Department of Homeland Security put together a disinformation system that's ended up doing a lot of work. It's labeled 22 million tweets, misinformation, 859 million tweets collected in a database for misinformation analysis. And they did something else in 2022. Um, This group decided to focus on banning speech that cast doubt on the Red Mirage Blue Shift election events. You remember that? That image where the blue line went straight up into an F called fraud? It's so interesting. Ahead of time, they decided to attack that theory. The same theory that those of us who've been in mail-in voting states have seen applied to steal an election. That's exactly how they stole the election in plain daylight from Dino Rossi and gave it to Chris Gregoire. Now, he has a whole lot of interesting views. There was a lack of capability around election disinformation. Um, this is not because CISA didn't care about disinformation, but at the time they lacked uh, both kind of the funding and the legal authorization. The legal authorization to censor the speech of Americans. I think EIP really helped push the envelope with things like uh, just the notion that this pre this delegitimization of electoral processes that we were seeing in the summer and early fall, that this should be against content moderation policies on these platforms. And they begin to take proactive steps there. Oh, and there's one more really important little factoid. When the Department of Homeland Security demanded action on a, on a social media post that it be suppressed or banned, you know how long it took the platforms to respond on average? I'm about to tell you, with the help of my friends and brothers, at Bulwark Capital Management, knowyourriskradio.com. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Fantastic reporting uh, by two sources, The Intercept and Foundation for Freedom Online. Really fascinating, The Intercept, because it's a liberal site, and it in fact kicked Glenn Greenwald out, effectively. He was the founder, because he, he, was, he criticized them for, for helping to suppress the Hunter Biden story. The Intercept has a set of leaks about what has gone on with the Department of Homeland Security and their establishment of a government division that works hand-in-hand with so-called companies, social media entities that aren't really companies. They are, in fact, extensions of the government. 
And in an hour, the average response time when someone at the DHS or one of the little hive mind little groups um, to maintain, oh, it's not this, it's a private, private group, it's not the government. It took less than an hour for response time between uh, your government and these so-called private companies to take action on your posts. And this was done across a period of years, but it's metastasized into something that is absolute Soviet bloc. This is absolute East German tactics. And it is un-American, it is illegal, it is unconstitutional, it is perverse, it is a lie, it should be shut down, and everyone involved with it should go to prison. They took Richard Nixon, took him out of the presidency for his staff breaking into the DNC to look up how they were going to you know, run their campaign. These people are banning speech. They are censoring Americans. And what's fascinating about this, of course, 2020, Jay Johnson designated an election infrastructure as being critical infrastructure as he was leaving DHS. That, that allowed them to you know, give birth to their groups that are going to go out and fight disinformation, they say. And in 2022, they were concerned about a very specific type of what they want us to think is disinformation. And that is that those of us who said, oh, look, the Democrats got just the votes they needed to win this key race. And they counted and they counted and they counted right up until they won. That's the sort of stuff that they worked in advance to figure out how to ban using your money. And my huge question is, is this the one Mitch McConnell is going to be concerned about? My theory is no. Why? Because Mitch benefits from this stuff. After all, Mitch helped Lisa Murkowski change the rules in Alaska again to save her sorry hide with ranked choice voting. So we'll dig into this stuff. The process of dropping unwanted fat from your body can be super frustrating or super easy. Sometimes it's in the middle. When I began working on a, a fat loss protocol, I actually reached a point where it was kind of scary. I was telling this to friends the other day um, that I got to a point where I was learning, losing nine and a half to 10 pounds per week. It was kind of scary. It was like I was melting. Why did that happen? Well, number one, I was insane about the gym, much more then than now. I don't have the time. Back then, I was doing two workouts a day, but it wasn't the workouts. How do I know? Because I was doing two workouts a day before that. Was I starving? No. What happens, like at Soda Weight Loss, founded by healthcare providers, is they talk to you about your nutrition, how you eat, what sort of foods might trigger you. You know, if you want a, a treat, is it salty? Is it sweet? What time do you feel particularly hungry? And they compare that to a massive set of data they put together in their business about how to help people drop unwanted fat and keep it off. And then they go through the process of kicking your body up into fat burning mode. And they kickstart your metabolism. I felt it. I've talked with friends about it. So that 95 pounds came off super quickly. Now, it's not the speed. Please know this. 
The goal is not to do it quickly. The goal is to do it right. And that's the other thing I love about Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com. Right up front, as they provide you the convenience foods and the cooking classes and the Christian meditation, they're going to tell you how much unwanted fat you will expect to lose per uh, per week if you stay adherent to the plan. And if there's a hiccup, a week doesn't go well, they'll go through and analyze, figure out what was the mess up. And they do this from a perspective of caring. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. So there's a bunch of actors in this. Some of the names you will remember, Chris Krebs had been a former Microsoft lawyer. He's the guy who came right out minutes after the election and said the safest, most secure election in history. He's also the guy who cannot answer, hey, Chris, what was second place? I think people should care about disinformation because it's uh, it's very clear to me, at least, that other governments, that other actors are, are trying to influence and undermine uh, our democracy, destabilize our way of life and our governments. And I think that's what was is so important to remember about 2016 and the, the Russian efforts to interfere with our elections is uh, prior to that, uh, cybersecurity uh, attacks or events had always been about intellectual property, about theft of uh, IP or theft of money out of accounts. This was a truly uh, galvanizing moment, I think, for government and the American people that, look, Cyber techniques can be used to destabilize our government. And what he's talking about with cyber techniques is not hacking into these voting machines, which in fact are online often. It's disinformation to say they're not. They are online. So people who say they're not are often lying. But I want to ask you something. Are you a government? Are you a foreign government? Are you? Because I'm not. I'm a guy recording a podcast from the high mountains of free America. I don't take my skepticism from other people. I certainly look at inputs. But as the great Rush Limbaugh would say, God rest the Maha, wisdom guided by experience. In good old fashioned standing on the solid architecture of God's word and looking at liars when I see them and looking at patterns. So when the DHS got together and started this agency, they named it the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. And as they joke at Freedom for um, the Freedom or Foundation for Freedom Online, they joke that oh, it's an agency cares so much about security, it's in our name twice. But it wasn't about cyber; it was about you. See, if it was going after foreign actors, why would we get caught up in this? And then there's Alex Stamos, Jay Johnson, some of the other characters that put this together. And Alex Stamos might be the driving intellectual force behind this. And then a funnier thing happened. After these guys got to shut down your speech and and suppress what you think, they got to go form a, a, a consulting company to do it for the big money. But the focus on 2022, anyone who says, hey, Here's what's going to happen. The Republicans are going to be in the lead. They're going to be in a big lead. But then as the counting goes on and on and on and on, the Democrats are going to catch up. Why did I say that? Because, again, I watched it happen in the state of Washington or the fallen separate country of Washington. 
So this is Alex Stamos, and he is explaining how he and his people in his lab and the academics and this group they put together to, uh, uh, to, to do what government couldn't do legally, how they got away with it at his group that he calls EIP. There was a lack of capability around election disinformation. Um, this is not because CISA didn't care about disinformation, but at the time they lacked uh, both kind of the funding and the legal authorizations um, to go do the kinds of work that would be necessary to truly understand how election disinformation was operating. So because of the feedback uh, and the ideas from these uh, this group, um, we were able to pull together pretty quickly a project between these four different institutions to try to fill the gap of the things that the government could not do themselves. Uh, there are kind of four major stakeholders that we operated with uh, that we worked beside at EIP. Uh, our partners in government, most particularly those in CISA DHS, but also in all the local and state governments with whom we operated with, with the Election Integrity uh, Infrastructure ISAC. Um, we worked with civil society groups, such as the uh, NAACP, uh, MITRE, Common Cause, uh, and the, the Healthy Elections Project that worked at both MIT and Stanford. Uh, and then we also worked with the major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, Nextdoor, and the like. Um, in some of those cases, we had agreements for access to data. In other cases, we had to have individual analysts go work with them. So they put together this group to do what Alex Stamos said the government cannot. That is the absolute definition of censorship from government through the use of deputies. It is profusely, expressly illegal for government to have businesses do what government cannot when it comes to the law and specifically censorship. These people should all be in prison, every single one of them. See, the drive was not to offer alternative views. They could do that. They could get all the TV time they wanted. The goal was to make sure that people like me no longer have any reach on social media. Oh, and they've achieved that. My Facebook page used to get 200,000 to 300,000 reposts. I've stopped using it because it's not worth my time to get five reposts. My Twitter account regularly used to get 2,000 or 3,000 retweets. I'm, I'm, on average, I get about 35, and they cap me. Now, perhaps Elon Musk is going to clean this up, and that should be a huge clue. Why are they so freaked out about Elon? I don't think he's going to let him do this. This got to the point where there's a website that exists today that government agencies can log into on Facebook to demand that a post be taken down. All they need is a government email address. Even local cops can do it. So how did this all get started? How did Alex Stamos get it rolling? The Election Integrity Partnership started with uh, our team at Stanford sending a group of interns um, to go work with the uh, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency at DHS to work on election security. And while these interns found that there was a lot of opportunity for them to contribute to the technical components of election security, they also found that there was a lack of capability around election disinformation. Um, this is not because CISA 
didn't care about disinformation, but at the time they lacked uh, both kind of the funding and the legal authorizations um, to go do the kinds of work that would be necessary to truly understand how election disinformation was operating. So because of the feedback uh, and the ideas from these uh, this group, um, we were able to pull together pretty quickly a project between these four different institutions to try to fill the gap of the things that the government cannot do themselves. Uh, there are kind of four major stakeholders that we operated with uh, that we worked beside. So the origin story. To do what the government cannot do legally. And yeah, they got partners. Uh, for instance, the Atlantic Council became a great big partner of them. And what they really wanted, we'll get to the Atlantic Council. What they really wanted was to be the gatekeepers for influencers. Now, I don't consider myself an influencer, but they did. I get targeted as an influencer. You know, an interesting thing was almost all of this is domestic, right? So, you know, to preempt uh, the, the question that we've gotten every single day uh, since Election Day, it is all domestic. And uh, the second point on the domestic, a huge part of the problem is well-known influencers. And I think that was a theme that we saw during the entire week is that you have a, a relatively small number of people with very large followings who have the ability to go and find a narrative somewhere, pick it out of obscurity, and then to hard, you know, or a, some kind of little idea, one tweet, one photo, one video, and then to harden it into these narratives. How do you handle those people is a humongous problem and gets makes the platforms less of kind of like a content moderation. And it's almost more of a the editorial process you would see at like a cable network, right? Um, and, and, and it's a, like the, the metaphor, I think, has shifted for me in some ways of the ways the companies have to act. You're talking about top-down activity that is, uh, that is, you know, facilitated by the ability for these folks to create these audiences that are a significant fraction of the audience of a, of a, you know, primetime cable news show. So he has actually on the front of media has no idea what he's talking about in terms of these platforms. The, the, the Facebook and Twitter have far more audience than any cable TV show, even even Tucker's. But the influence is far different. And so, again, what he's saying is that people like me simply take one image and look at it and say, oh, I'll find the narrative for this. That's not what I did. From COVID to the elections, what is it? Let's start with common sense. Does spamming everybody in a state with ballots that they didn't request create the opportunity for other people to steal the ballot? Yes. Does having the rules in the state not require robust signature verification or any signature verification open the door for fraud? Yes. Could that fraud be easily proven? No. Because there's no paper trail. If you don't have to sign the ballot and, and you wear gloves, you can never get found out for having filled it out. When signature verification has been tested, does it work? No. Two elections in a row in the state of Nevada. A journalist tested just this. One year, 80% of fake signatures got accepted. The next year, 50% got accepted. And he wasn't breaking the law. He signed the outside envelope, not the ballot. But he had no idea how those people signed their names. He just said, hey, I'll sign their name this way. And it got accepted. This is not a single narrative. This is not a single image and trying to create a narrative around it. This is looking at this with a common sense view. 
Is there any other industry in the world where you don't need to sign something? You sign credit card receipts for buying groceries if it reaches a certain dollar amount. You used to sign every one of them. Go go sign up for a bank account. I had to do that the other day, sign up for a business bank account. I need a social security number. I need an um, employer identification number. I need um, articles of incorporation. I need a business license in the state, the county, and the city. Um, I need a credit check. I need three forms of ID. I have to fill out uh, Patriot Act stuff. I have to write those things of sort of businesses that I'm not in and what sector are you in. And interestingly, they don't have a sector for podcasting. Are you in radio? No. At the time, I wasn't. But to vote in these nations' elections, you don't need any of that? This goes back to the big problem with these technocrats. They truly and really believe that only they are smart enough to know the truth. And they worship institutions. When that guy went through the list of his partners, did you hear the ACLU and (laughs) Common Cause? None of them are right-leaning because they firmly believe that anything right-leaning is in and of itself disinformation. Because what smarts, erudite, person with gravitas would ever be right-leaning? All right, someone asked me, all right, so I'm, I'm going to try Alan Soaps. Which one to send to, to friends? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do stocking stuffers. I don't know. I don't know your friends. Uh, here's my here's my recommendation. I'm sorry to sound rude. Okay, I'll tell you my favorite. It's, it's gone back to Cedarwood Jasmine. And really, it's because of the story. I have a memory chest in the bedroom. And my wife got it for me one year. And it's one of my favorite pieces of, I don't really call it furniture. The things I have stored in there, it just reminds me of a very happy time. I have my uh, my daughter's first pair of slippers in there. I've got uh, my high school football uniform. I do have that, actually. I've got the first um, money that anyone ever invested with me in startups. Uh, Well, not the money, but a copy of the check. Um, Information blanked out, by the way. Account information. So, see to a Jasmine, Alan's memories of uh, of his grandma's memory chest. But here's what I do recommend for Christmas. I would ask the Todd Herman Show family, the podcast family, go to alansoaps.com slash Todd and think of your friends, think of life, think of celebrating the birth of the Lord Jesus and the many, many attempts to kill him. I'm not comparing Alan to Jesus Christ. I'm simply saying that there's many, many people who wanted Alan gone. He's not gone. He's the chief soap officer. He invents a lot of those fragrances. And it's, they're not messing around with the soap, by the way. It's not like, oh, let's just put a cool label on this. They had a chance to do that. Amazon said, hey, let us get the soap made in China. <laughs> and they said, no. No, we don't want garbage soap with our name on it. So they got a family with three generations of soap-making expertise. Perfect way to celebrate Christmas, especially for friends of yours who are pro-life. It's allensoaps.com slash Todd. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. You get 10% off everything there when you use my name. Allensoaps.com slash Todd. So, you know, the media loves this stuff. And they love talking about disinformation because they would never do it. You know, the Atlantic, for instance, um, they would never, never create a falsified COVID death chart, which they did. 
with absolute garbage numbers. CNN would never say Trump told people to inject bleach, but they did. They would come and cover the fibrous clots that are growing in people's bodies, clearly as a result of the mRNA injection, because what other massive event has happened to invade the bodies of people, except they don't. They would dig into our questions about election security. How can you have a secure election when you don't verify signatures? How does that happen? How do you know who voted when you don't check ID? You don't. Why would you not commit fraud under those circumstances? And so the media loves to tell the story about the brave people fighting disinformation. Well, it turns out they like to tell their own story. They like to brag. I think EIP really helped push the envelope with things like uh, just the notion that this pre this delegitimization of electoral processes that we were seeing in the summer and early fall, that this should be against content moderation policies on these platforms. And they began to take proactive steps there. Yep. They blew it open. They're the big pioneers. And what they're really saying, well, what they're really saying is that populism is something they're not going to stand for. They're not going to stand for skepticism from those of us that they regard as lesser. And particularly if we had any interest at any time in supporting Donald John Trump. It was fascinating uh, with the EIP to watch again and again. Uh, with these sorts of bottom up where you you might have decontextual or you might have videos or individuals who uh, had particular complaints or concerns, their concerns would get bundled by far right influencers. And then these far right influencers would be doing all they could to try to catch the eye of a Fox News producer. Uh, these are kind of concentric circles of amplification and legitimation, which these individuals were trying to reach through. Because if they could get to this Fox News editorial section, then it was very likely they would also grab the attention of President Trump, who was kind of the social media death star in this situation. Notice that there's no examples. Do you hear him state any examples of where that was all false? See, disinformation doesn't need in their mind to be false. It doesn't need to be a lie. It needs to cast doubt. They say it themselves. If you cast doubt on the system, you're engaged in disinformation. And that rolls into if you ask questions about the system, you're engaged in disinformation. So it doesn't have to be anything like Stating something that didn't happen or anything like saying, hey, that's a ballot from uh, that, that's a ballot from Arizona. No, it's from Delaware. See where it says Delaware. It doesn't need to be anything like that. And they've got all the tech in the world to do this. Let's look at how um, this claim went viral. These are plots that we were using almost for every incident that we that we picked up from this collaborative group. Our team, every time we picked up an incident, we would plot it in this way so we could see how it went viral. And what these do, this is a cumulative graph. Um, that shows the cumulative spread of a particular kind of claim. And what it has is on the y-axis is how many times it, it's been shared, and on the x-axis is time. And what we do is we plot each tweet on this w- as a shape, depending on what kind of, like what tweet type it is, if it's a retweet or a quote tweet or whatever. And we size each tweet by the size of the audience of that account. 
And what this allows us to do is some, not always, sometimes things take off with the random account somehow, but often you'll see these high um, follower accounts change the, the, change the trajectory of a tweet, helping it go viral. So it allows us to see who is really influential in the spread of, um, in the spread of a, of a claim. And so, um, and then, so his original post was repeatedly retweeted, remixed and reframed as it spread through other uh, influential social media accounts and right and uh, right-wing media outlets. Um, there we have like uh, an account of uh, Tim cast, I think really sort of changes the trajectory and he's a American citizen journalist um, and a political commentator uh, who actually gained influence through his coverage of Occupy Wall Street, but he's now aligned with right-wing populism in the United States. Another influential account in this incident belonged to the Gateway Pundit, a hyper-partisan media outlet that repeatedly spread false or misleading claims of voter fraud. In fact, they, I think they have something like 40 different incidents. Their domain is cited in our data of 40 different claims of, of voter fraud of different kinds. Um, and uh, eventually this false claim was amplified by the Twitter account of President Trump's son as well, and which is a common kind of piece of the trajectory. Often it would eventually reach some of his closest allies and, and, and family members and, and be promoted from there. So online participants repeatedly activated to produce and spread information that sowed doubt in the election. So fascinating. I have yet to hear them mention anything left wing. I have yet to hear that. We just had an election where in advance the Democrats told us it was going to be stolen. Hillary Clinton said it was going to be stolen. They have a plan to steal the election. I don't hear anything about disinformation from the left. And again, it goes down to common sense. (laughs) If you have people tweeting that Rachel Levin is a woman, that's a lie. That's disinformation. If you have people tweeting that Black Lives Matter Incorporated, well, let's say it this way, that, that Michael Brown had his hands up and was, and was begging, don't shoot, hands up, that's a lie. That never happened. And yet no concern about left wing because they can't see it. They're unable to see the left wing because they're in it. And this is what is so incredibly dangerous about humans like this deciding to become the barometers of all truth, because just like every other human being, they have their biases and their emotions. And it's not a mistake that people who want to control the speech of others hate populism. They hate a skeptical populace. Because in the hearts of so many in governments and in academia is the heart of a dictator. Because they're so convinced of their own brilliance. You see, their wisdom surpasses all. Which is why they also have a lot of trouble relating to God, whose wisdom is the only wisdom that truly exists. It's one of the reasons it's so difficult for them to stand not on their own understanding. To use God's wisdom to lean on his understanding and to fear him. Because how could there be anyone smarter than they are? Well, the God who created you, guess what? You didn't create yourself. Can't really talk about election integrity without talking about a guy who bet it all. 
Mike Lindell bet it all. He went absolutely all in. And in some ways you could say, people could say he lost. He went all in trying to get the 2020 election turned around, reversed. And some would say he lost. I would say this, that when a man sees what he truly believes is fraud on that scale, on that level, and then he goes all in, do you really think Mike didn't see that? Now, I just got through talking about people uh, unable to see the left, except like with Mike, what is it that he doesn't see about the left? And where is his anger and, and, and racism and all the other things they try to paint him with? It's just a lie. And Mike is grounded like I am or try to be, right? Right on the foundation of the word of God, which is how I think he survived this. The storms came and like a wise man, he built his house on a strong foundation, the strong foundation. And he's continuing to expand. <laughs> this is the part I love. Oh, we're going to shut Mike Lindell down. Are you? Because he just came out with a six-piece towel set made in the USA with cotton. It's the most absorbent towel I've ever used, bar none. It's right down the middle for him in terms of expertise. If you order from MyPillow.com slash Herman right now and promo code Herman, the 60-day money-back guarantee is extended through March 1st if you order before December 25th. Extended through March 1st, 2023. So you too can have these incredibly luxurious towels. They are regularly $89.98. You get them now for only $39.98 at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. And on that site, you're going to find radically deep discounts on all MyPillow products and get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. That's mypillow.com slash Herman. Promo code Herman. And just a real quick note. Thank you to Mike Lindell for going all in and for supporting true free speech. So they have the tech. They've got the tools. They've got the point of view that it's uh, the right wing. And they had a very specific target. Oh, it's not at all unusual. That Democrats are catching up at the end. That's always been the case. That's, that's, that's always happened, says them. And they had their very special helpers, people like Kate Starbird. So we have, we have reached out and we have had two-way conversations with all the major platforms, right? So we've had really good conversations with Facebook, Twitter, Google, Reddit. Um, we've talked to TikTok. That's actually been very productive. Um, uh, some of the smaller groups, Discord, uh, you know, there's there's a bunch of companies that didn't really exist or they were much smaller in 2016 and are now are real players. Uh, so that's been good. I think, you know, our goal with that is that if we're able to find disinformation, that we'll be able to report it quickly and then collaborate with them on taking it down. And there's a good precedent for this, which all four of these organizations have worked on research projects side by side with tech platforms. Oh, and I guess that didn't mention Kate Starbird. Uh, so Kate Starbird helped them with this, and she is a computer scientist at the University of Washington, and they have a whole platform there that contends to dis- uh, discover disinformation. This is at the University of Washington, home of the IHME. And the IHME is a completely disgraced, gay-funded entity that lied through their teeth about the COVID flu's level of danger to people, the infection fatality rate, the case fatality rate. They lied through their teeth about the injections. This is the University of Washington uh, entity that contends to find disinformation and warn people how to see it. This is the same University of Washington who did a so-called study with Children's Hospital 
wherein they pretended that kids who got wrong sex hormones turned their lives around, didn't have depression anymore. One big problem was their own data showed that to be false. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. In fact, the opposite occurred. And made worse, the University of Washington and Children's Hospital knew this. And they knew that the press had reported that this study showed, oh, the glorious results of shooting kids up with wrong sex hormones. They knew that was a lie. They knew the data didn't say that. And they had an email thread that went between those two entities, Children's Hospital and University of Washington Medical. And they said, should we withdraw the study? Should we change it? Should we notify the press and tell them the truth? You know what they said? No. Why? Well, only the right wing is talking about it. They lied openly. Yes, 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 but they're going to teach us about disinformation. These groups, Kate Starbird being part of that group at the University of Washington. And then their target. Don't you dare question why Democrats seem to always catch up at the end. That's disinformation. So there's this. The other thing that they did is they put on little TED Talks, for instance, to show people, to train ex- expert journalists in how to, uh, how to spot disinformation. And of course, it comes from one direction. Of course, it comes from the left. And this is the Atlantic Council. And what they're doing here is contending to show people how to spot disinformation. And they're doing this in a TED Talk-like setting with dramatic lights up on a stage. Censorship training session. This info experts train journalists. And now for the most interestingly named session of this entire event. It wasn't lies. It was just Anybody who works in this space will, I think, acknowledge that in any information operation, it's not just lies. You take a grain of truth and they will build a pearl of disinformation around it. When we're in this space, there isn't a simple binary, true or false. There are all kinds of shades of meaning in between. Now, there are various different ways of modeling how you can identify the ways in which people are trying to twist the story. And the model that I use, uh, because it's short and because, frankly, I developed it, is the four Ds. Dismiss, distort, distract, and dismay. These are the four responses that we see time and again which are deployed to attack people like us who come out with uncomfortable evidence. All of you should have some of these cards on the table. If you don't, look on another table and steal one that's not being used uh, because these are going to help get our attention. We are going to go through a set of slides showing quotes from different organizations and individuals who are using certain rhetorical devices to make their argument. And so, if you go through all of them, at least one of these four will apply. Again, dismiss, distort, distract, dismay. Everyone say it with me. Dismiss, distort, distract, dismay. Excellent. You're welcome to scream, I it too, if you're comfortable, but it's not a requirement. So, with that... Let's play. Keep, keep them in the air if you think you know the answer. If you got to keep it in the air. Keep it in the air so we can get Okay, it. yes. Yep. And stand up and speak loudly. And yep. actually, even better, wait for the mic to come. Yep. Thank you. 
Well, it's obviously it can be any number of the Ds. It can, you can say it's distorting what they're saying or distracting them from whatever the issue is saying. The issue isn't real. They're just after me because as they're witches and it's e- evil, I'm the injured party here. So it could be a whole lot of, lot of them. Trump's got a nice range when it comes to disinformation. So it's subjective. Again, the disinformation they can tend to find is subjective. And it's based on tweets from President Trump and ads that promote Brexit. They never said it's false. They said it's a distraction or a distortion. Or BS, because that's their favorite word. That's the words you heard beeped. Now, the Atlantic Council, did they have any interesting funders? Yeah. Like who? It's an oil company. Oil and gas company. Uh, from Ukraine. Oh, its name? Yes, yeah, Burisma. That's the oil and gas company that was handing money hand over fist to a certain meth head. Oh, they're also funded by the State Department. USAID, the Endowment for Democracy, the Defense Department, the United States Marines, the U.S. Air Force, the Navy, and Burisma. Because Burisma is deeply concerned about the election integrity in the United States of America. It keeps them up at night. Our election integrity. The degree to which these people fancy themselves our masters is both shocking and predictable. It's shocking because they themselves cannot understand that they are propagating lies as they contend to stop them. And it's stunning that it's not getting talked about. And yet, it's not stunning. Because remember, it's the journalists who told us it's our job to tell you what to think. But it's also this. They're trying, they're, they're trying their own Tower of Babel. It's so often that we wrap these shows up and it's just delivered to me. They're trying their own Tower of Babel. They want to separate us into, into groups where, yeah, it's echoes and echo and echo and echo. And I say to you and you to me and we all agree. And they want to create these little cells. It's literally like putting back together the Tower of Babel. We can't understand each other anymore. And so we need a common language. We need a common set of beliefs. If only there was one. If only there was one on which we could rely. That's your taxpayer money. That's your social media platforms. And in my judgment, everyone involved in this should be in prison. 
And God is watching the lies God sees. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and make every endeavor. This is my message this week of planting our feet firmly in the foundation of the Word of God. 